0: Welcome to Psychocinematic, bonus episode, the podcast where we analyze depictions of mental illness and disability in popular film and TV. Before we start, this podcast is not designed to be therapeutic, prescriptive, or constitute a formal diagnosis for any listener. For a longer version of this disclaimer, please check the episode notes on your podcast app. Welcome back to the podcast, Maz Fanasia. Hello, so happy to you be mi- here. You might have to actually be the, the, the host one day. Sure. Ah, uh, I fucking take over
1: any moment. I'm ready. I'm prepped.
0: Um so what have you been watching? Um I've been watching I've started watching the last season of you
1: that's I, just Okay, out. so I literally just started watching that show like while I was on my week off. Like I was like this is the one show for the that, beginning. Yeah, everyone's seen and I haven't seen, so I'm going to watch it. Um and like I'm up to the last season now.
0: Oh cool. Yeah. What do you, do you like it? No. I really don't.
1: I really. Do. I'll keep watching the whole thing, but I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching?
0: Why are we watching Dan Humphreys be creepy? <laughs> I
1: just like. I don't. I don't understand the the point of it all. Like, uh, it's so. I just. uh just like watching, listening to him talk about women and like, uh, I, uh, and like the end of season two. Okay, spoilers or whatever. When he finds out that his girlfriend's also uh, a killer or whatever. Yeah. And then. Wait, then he suddenly doesn't like her? I just, I, I'm not into it.
0: I The first season, I was like, this is really gross and mm. I hate Penn Badgley or whatever mm. his name is. And then the second season, like, I kind of liked that twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was- because it was... Also, a little bit of it, you know, rather than the, the female being that. Like an equalizer. Yeah. She, like she can be a psychopath too or sort something. Of and now I'm I'm quite enjoying the third season because I won't spoil anything. Okay. But they see a marriage counselor. Okay. And I think she's modeled off like Esther Perel. Who's that? Oh, man, oh. no, i um, Esther Perel is just this beautiful um psychologist who has a podcast called where where should we begin and she has such a beautiful delicate way of talking and you just fall in love with her okay and she does couples counseling and I'm really enjoying the depiction of therapy so far okay okay, okay. so maybe I'll change my tune
1: I just yeah I just it's just a bit I just don't know why it exists I just it's a strange show to
0: make I feel like Anything that makes you kind of sympathise with a complete, I know, pathological womaniser and murderer is not. We don't need that. And
1: it's just grotty. The whole thing's grotty. And I feel like you do end up sympathising. Like yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, you kind of root for him, even yeah. though he's a terrible person. I'm gonna
1: keep watching the whole thing, but um. Yeah. yeah you know, hate watch.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a hate watch. It's a hate it's watch. It was a for hate me. watch for me. Yeah. Also, I started watching Big Mouth, which is such a good show.
1: I don't really like it that much. Oh well, fine. Tbh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's just um, maybe because uh, someone I don't like used to really like it. I won't expose them.
0: I understand. Um, uh, if you can get past that, though, it's I think it's a good show. Uh, I just it's, uh, it's just the better shows to watch. I think. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> oh. I can't name one. I'm sorry I have to disagree with you. <laughs> um, but I do want to cover my big mouth on the podcast, but there's so much content it'd be really hard to know where to go, so I might have to think about that. Can I ask you, Steph,
1: I just, someone asked me this just before, what What do you think is a movie that depicts mental illness well? Because I was like, I'd, I can't answer that.
0: It's a really good question because, like, so far, I think the first, the only movie we've done that's like done really well is like the Royal Tenenbaums, and it's not really a mental illness
1: movie. Mm, it just um, depicts mental illness well.
0: Yeah, um, and it's it doesn't set out necessarily to do that. It doesn't really talk about mental illness, mm. but. Yeah, that's. I guess that's why I'm doing this podcast is to I know. find the perfect movie and I don't think we've found it yet. But I was just
1: like, look, there is what the whole podcast is about, I guess, but I don't, I could have an answer. I don't know, I, I don't know one.
0: Once we have a movie that meets all four criteria. Oh, that'll be, on, that'll be well, it. We will have done it. We'll
1: have done it. Well, there's there's also a difference because I was, when you asked, you know, what's your favourite movie depicting, favourite movie depicting mental illness, I said Magnolia because I really like
0: Magnolia. But again, it's not really a mental illness movie, is it? After the roaring success of Sybil... We're we're both kind of on the DID bandwagon for a while, Mm. so I thought it would be good to cover some more movies with dissociative identity disorder. Mm -hmm. But there's such a trend in movies of people with DID being murderers. It's just... In so many films. So I thought, why don't we just, like, cover off a bunch of them?
1: Yeah, just... So then we've done it? Take them off. (laughs) But also, like... A, a, a mental illness that is represents so little people is so overrepresented in movies. Like Exactly. It's like one of the um, rarest mental illnesses and it's fucking everywhere.
0: If you're a murderer, there's a good chance in a movie you might have DID.
1: But also I think it's because anxiety and depression and maybe like some parts of like... I, uh, personality disorders are represented in movies but with DID because it's such a it's so distinct like they have to name it like multiple personality disorder in quotations or dissociative identity disorder it's not like it needs
0: to be really explicit all the time yeah
1: yeah so I think maybe that's why it's overrepresented because it's you can't like hint or you can't code someone as having DID without explicitly saying they've got DID
0: yeah exactly And I feel like because of the nature of it, like Hollywood just was like, give me more. I want to, to, this is so, you know, weird and crazy. And so like, oh, this is perfect for movies. And knowing that as well, because we, I watched the 27 Faces of Billy Milligan as well. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. No, I did start and then it, I just think it was a bit boring. (laughs) (laughs) It It definitely got a little bit more boring, but like, The fact that very quickly he had a book deal, he had a movie deal. Yeah. The psychiatrist that treated Sybil in Sybil or um, Shirley, what was her name again? Shirley Mason, yeah. Shirley Mason, she, you know, got lots of fame and notoriety out of it and then she, yeah, was brought on to treat Billy Milligan, which to me is like, "Mm, really, is that a good idea? Because same thing happened and – You know, as soon as there's a DID case that's, you know, quite controversial or, um, you know, a person who did do quite heinous crimes, media just wants wants to lap it up and make stuff out of it. And also I think the
1: problem I have with the way it's depicted in cinema because it is clearly hyperbole and, like, fictionalised in a way that makes us believe things that aren't true – I've already come to this, like I already came to Sybil with this kind of like, um, uh, idea of suspicion or cynicism or, uh, not, not really knowing if it's, if, you know, it truly exists or if it's more, there's more going on. Um, so I'm already, I'm already at the point where I'm like, I'm not sure if it's a real, no it's real, but I'm already at the point where I'm not hundred percent convinced that it's as cut and dry as the mind fragmenting due to trauma, so it's... Yeah. I find myself being like, you shouldn't be depicting DID in this way because it's so much more complicated, but I don't even know...
0: Enough about it.
1: Yeah, I don't fucking...
0: <laughs> but I think that's that's a key part is nothing with our brain and our mental processes is simple. It's such a complex process and it's never cut and dry. There is no, no. black and white. Um, so. Movies love to make things simple, beginning, middle, end. Far um, too neatly. Too or neatly. they make it over complicated and it oh doesn't God. make for good cinema. So,
1: well, if you want to hear about overcomplicated, let me tell you about my movie.
0: So we've got three movies here today. Maz, what is your first movie? My
1: first movie is Split. M. Night Shyamalan is, like, my like one of my favourite directors because his <laughs> movies are just delightful. Like, they're just
0: so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sometimes they can be so bad that um, they're harmful. Oh, so I saw Old. Oh, did you see
1: Old? I saw Old in the cinema, like, the night before our last lockdown was announced. It was great. Thank God we went. Um, just a delight, start to finish, wonderful, just the, like, just the dialogue, the plot, everything was so bad.
0: It was so... F- it was funny, like, you... <laughs> <laughs> I really want to watch it for that reason. But Just the trailer looks terrible. It's just, like, everything is so serious to the point where it's funny because it's like, what the fuck is going on? And it's just, like, it's, like, absurd. I loved it. I, it was great. One of my favourite podcasts is How Did This Get Made? Yeah, it's yeah, it's got, yeah. like... Yeah, I
1: haven't actually listened to it, but I know one. In our it's mouth.
0: very entertaining, um, and they've already covered all Oh, really? So we've been out for a short period oh, of time. God. So they clearly were like,
1: "Whoa!" That's just like, like you know, in the happening. You've seen the happening. Have you seen the happening? I have. Yeah. It's like that really similar type of dialogue and these like really close up shots. What of actors no. just like looking confused and bewildered, and it's just so fucking funny. But watching, but Sp- I didn't really. Didn't realize it was an M Night Sh- M Night Shyamalan movie, Shyamalan, until um, I was reading about it. But it makes a lot of sense. And also, so Split, and then there's Glass, the second one. Yeah. And then there's a third one, right? Which is Unbreakable. It's which just, is
0: the first one. How is this man making all these movies? I don't know, man. Because he did Signs, know. right? He and the Sixth Sense, which was like put him oh, on that. Okay, so that's this big one. Yeah. And then the Sixth Sense was. Actually,
1: I like The Sixth Sense. Oh, I've never fucking seen it, so... You've never seen The Fucking Sixth Sense? I have never seen The Fucking
0: Sixth Sense. Tell me about Split. Tell me the plot of Split. (sighs) Okay. Split stars... What's his name? James McAvoy, who I've always had a crush on, but not in this movie. No, not in this movie. So Split Mm -hmm. stars James McAvoy.
1: Basically, to cut a long story short, three girls get kidnapped by James McAvoy at the very start of the movie. Um, And it turns out he's got 23 personalities. So basically, at the very start of the movie, James McAvoy kidnaps three girls, weirdly. Two of the girls are, like, kind of basic bitchy, like, high school. I think they're in high school. And then Anya Taylor-Joy, welcome back to the podcast. um, Oh, I know. Yeah, she gets... Our queen, queen, Anya, she gets kidnapped as well, but she's not like the other girls, and we can tell. She's quite... She's not cool. So we learn that Kevin... is James McAvoy's main personality. Kevin is the host, so he's like the, the, the body body, the 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 real body. And then Barry is the main personality. So Kevin's gone away apparently. But what's happened is Dennis, Patricia and Hedwig, three personalities he has, have hijacked the light, as they call it. So they come they get rid of the old the other personalities and they take over basically.
0: So the other ones are in the background and they can't come to the front. Yeah. He
1: has a therapist. We learned very early on he's a therapist, um, Dr. Karen Fletcher, who's helped him manage his personalities and helped him push back Dennis and Patricia um, because they're undesirable personalities. I think that's even the word she uses. Yeah, she does. Um, So they've pushed back Dennis and Patricia because Dennis harasses young girls and films them. Um, And Patricia believes in an entity called the Beast who plans to rid the world of the impure. And the impure are people who have not suffered enough, apparently. Which is... I can't even... we'll get to that. Okay, so Dr. Fletcher thinks that Dennis has taken over um, and is impersonating Barry because during their sessions she questions him about a time when Dennis had placed his his hands on two girls' breasts... While he was drunk, and he had an adverse reaction to that, and she thinks that it's Dennis. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got confused too. Fuck Not it, part. whatever. So, so we've we learned that Dennis is he's he's taken over. He's hijacked Light or whatever. So he kidnapped the three girls, and he imprisoned them in this weird layer under like so. For some reason, he lives underneath the Philadelphia Zoo. Because isn't he? Isn't that where he works? I think so. But why would the Philadelphia Zoo just let him fucking live there? I don't get it. I don't whatever okay so back to plot th- development back to the back to the plot Patricia who's a British woman but who's also James McAvoy um, she protects the girl um, f- like she's like trying to take care of them a little bit and it's like oh sweetie honey it's fine um, and then Hedwig who is another personality who is also a nine-year-old boy. He kind of forms a bond with Anya Taylor-Joy. But then we find out that he is actually the one in control of all the alters at the moment. And he's letting Patricia and Dennis manipulate them. I don't know why he has control. Do we know? Nah, I can't remember. I'm sure there's a reason. Um, so two, the two other girls, I don't remember their names, sorry, um, but they try and escape and they being, and they end up being shut in random rooms. Anya tries to escape... But she, you know, they're all trying to escape or whatever. <laughs> but then simultaneously, we uh, we get to see um, flashbacks of Annie Taylor's life, the character who she plays, and we find out that she was sexually assaulted by her uncle, who ended up being her guardian when her father died. So that's why she's not like the other girls. She's she's been sexually assaulted. Um, she, I don't. It's a anyway. Um, Doctor Fletcher, in, in the meantime, keeps getting emails from Barry saying that he needs to see her. Um, but then when he turns up for therapy the next day, he's like, oh no, no, everything's fine. Um, but she keeps getting these emails like every night. And then she starts to suspect that the other alters are coming out at night to try and email her for help. And then when he gets to therapy, Dennis is taking over. Um, so one night he sends her like a hundred emails in a row. Um, like, please help. I need to see you. And then she decides to show up at his house at the zoo, um, which we know, we know we shouldn't therapist should not be throwing like, up. Like, how it. does
0: she even know that he lives in the zoo? Oh, she's obviously, shouldn't she shouldn't be she's, living in the zoo. She's fucking
1: comfortable with it. She's like, yes, live in the zoo. Like, <laughs> we love that. Yeah, she's totally fine with it. So she talks to Dennis and then realises she's in a dangerous situation. But Dennis turns into the beast. Um, and he comes um, behind her and crushes her with um, crushes her hands. with his bare hands. Like, just squeezes it in a big old hug. But before... He kills her. The doctor is able to write down, say his name, Kevin. Oh, fuck, I forgot his last name. His full name, Kevin, whatever it is. So apparently if you want to awaken Kevin, the, the host personality, you just have to say his full name. And then he just comes out. So that's good. So <laughs> now um, James McAvoy is the beast. He's just an a literal beast, but he's also a human man,
0: but whatever. But he um, like changes he, his body changes.
1: Yeah, he grows muscles, um, he can scale, he climbs walls, he turns into Spider-Man. It's very
0: confusing. He's a bit like Tony Collette in Hereditary.
1: He's basically possessed by some kind of supernatural force, but the supernatural force is called dissociative identity disorder in this movie.
0: But a specific personality within decimal <laughs>
1: dissociative identity disorder this fucking movie seriously all right so the beast kills claire and Marsha, who are the other girls sorry um and then comes up to casey who's on your taylor joy um but she says his full name and then he just wakes up so thank god for that um but then this weird little montage happens where the 24 personalities are fighting for control of his head um, and then it lands on Patricia somehow, who tells her that Kevin has gone away for a long time. I don't know. where. Uh, apparently that happens. Uh, but the beast comes back, which is great. Um, and yeah, he can climb walls. He can bend metal with his bare hands. Um, but Anya shoots the beast a couple of times, but he's still alive during like a fight, a fight in shoes. He's flying and stuff. He comes closer to her. To like try and kill her, but then because she's look, she looks very pretty the whole time, and she's taken a, she's taken a Yeah, over- she
0: takes off like a piece of clothing every so often, and yeah. then she's got all these clothes on underneath.
1: And then once she finally takes off her last layer, she's like, her hair is like straight, her makeup's perfect, lovely bodice. Like she looks great for someone who's been underground for like a hundred years. Um, but when he, she gets down to her singlet, um, he realised that she's got self harm scars on her. So the beast is like no nah, i'm not going to kill you um, because you've suffered enough and you're pure because he the, remember the beast only wants to kill people who are unpure so people who aren't mentally ill i'm assuming so because anya taylor joy has
0: suffering um, suffering yeah
1: but because yeah uh, anya Anutella... has not had
0: suffering oh, Jesus. i
1: don't i don't know what his like bulb like his metric is for <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? yeah, he's got a scorecard or something, but Anya passes the test. She's mentally ill enough, um, and she gets to live. So the Beast escapes, um, and Dennis, Patricia, and Hedwig discuss their plans um, in a mirror. We cut to it. Um, And then this is, like, on to the next. This is, like, setting up for the sequel. Um, It cuts to a diner of a news report of all the weird shit that went on. And then the waitress is like, oh, that's a lot like that guy in a wheelchair from 15 years ago, Mr. Glass. And then Bruce Willis is there. He just appears. And he's
0: like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, she's like, what was his name? And he goes, Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. <laughs> and he's Mr. Glass? Is he Mr. Glass? I think so. I, I think it started with Unbreakable. Um, oh, really? He's, yeah. Oh. Um, and Bruce Willis and Sammy J. Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson? Uh, Jackson. Isn't it? Um, oh. So I didn't. That's, that's where Mr. Glass originated from. So, but I don't remember that movie at all. Oh. Anyway, I thought, like, that was just, like, M. Night being, like,
1: <laughs> oh, <it's> just like, <laughs> how much? He, he paid probably, like, a million dollars to Bruce Willis to be there for, like, 20, 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> like, thank God. Okay. Oh, look, he obviously can afford it because people go see his,
1: Weird movies. I, I had heard a lot about it and well, I hadn't really heard that much, I just knew that Split was a movie that was about DID and people on DID TikTok really hate Split. I get it. I understand why they do. So I think if we go into, if we want to start with the accuracy of it all, I think the reason why it pissed off so many people is because it is, it's portrayed, DID is described and portrayed quite accurately. At the beginning. In, like when you first see him have therapy and stuff yeah.
0: like that. Yeah.
1: He's a person who has DID. He has a regular therapist and they call it DID, not multiple personality disorder. Mm. And the therapist is advocating
0: for people to recognise DID as a legitimate thing as well. Which um, is good, like, <laughs> I guess. You know, it's not – there's no, no, no debate about it existing. Yeah, like there. yeah. There is in other movies about DID.
1: Yeah, that's not – it's if it's real or not is not um up for debate yeah. yeah um but then it uses all the goodwill it you know starts with and then just turns into a fucking clusterfuck mm. um it doesn't use did as a twist like it does in most movies um it's spelt out really early on what's actually going on it's not used for like shock value yeah um, so at the end of the movie he turns into a fucking creature so I don't. <laughs>
0: Like which, the, that's not very accurate. No,
1: it's, but, it's like, the analogy, like, what is, if we were to take D.I.D. as a representation or a placeholder for all mental illness, which it is, isn't, but, like, it's a movie about mental illness, is that, what's the fucking message there that you can turn yourself into a fucking creature?
0: Well, like, doesn't she talk about in, like, the conference that she does um, over Zoom, which is, like, a little bit uh Pre-COVID, hello. Yeah, (laughs) actually. Did M9 know that COVID was going to come and we all have to do that? I do remember that
1: bit. And I was like, I think maybe I did look up what year it was made because I looked at that bit and I was like, um, but yeah. So what she's saying to her colleagues who are doubting her for good reason um, is that uh, people who have DID have extraordinary control of their body to the point where patients are changing their brain chemistry with their thoughts, So she says that she's seen a blind woman who has has a personality that can see. So that personality can somehow see through the eyes that aren't physically working. And a a guy who um, has crazy strength, one of his personalities has, like, crazy strength.
0: Um,
1: So she's saying, is it possible for the body chemistry to shift with personalities so much that it develops a biological medical condition?
0: Even in Kevin or Barry or whatever, um, James McAvoy, he has a personality who is diabetic, right? Yeah, and has yeah. to give themselves insulin. Yeah, yeah, which is dangerous. <laughs> well, yeah, if so, he doesn't fucking need it, so like that—that's just not physiologically possible. Like, you no, can't, that's not changing your brain chemistry. That's changing your pancreas function. Your physical
1: your physical like mm. and, and like you can't change your muscle mass through a person what mm. the fuck so no.
0: i did like, that's I, just stupid like i don't like to use that word but m night that's just silly i um i read this very in-depth
1: confusing article just before actually about the body's ability to well the more specifically the brain's ability to change over time um but this was Um, this article was more about dissociation in general, Um, but it talks like it was saying that there is evidence that, so like somatiform. Somatiform, there we go. So like (laughs) psychomatic, psychomatic, psychosomatic, psychosomatic. That's
0: why we're called psychosomatic because it sounds like psychosomatic.
1: Mm -hmm. somatorm, Somatiform. Somatiform symptoms can develop as a result of trauma and dissociation, Mm -hmm. but. Only to the extent of like, um, like analgesia, analgesia. So kind of like body numbness and inability to feel pain to some extent, and out of body
0: experiences. Um, but also on the other side too, like chronic pain can be caused by yeah or develop from stress and mental yeah. distress as well. But it's 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 a genuine yeah um, experience, but it's created through that somatoform pathways stuff. Yeah. I sound like a real good psychologist. Right? <laughs> Pathway stuff. Pathway um, stuff. And I was reading about
1: um, there's a similar effect in animals um, when they're presented with a threat. So you'd have your fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. So you know all this. You know all this?
0: I do. But you, oh, t- okay. you, s-
1: you tell the audience. Well, I'm discovering. But that's
0: that's right. Like, I know what – kn- I knew
1: what fight, flight, or freeze was before that. But, like, it's a, it's a, a physical response developed in the face of a threat. So – exactly.
0: Um so what can happen with complex or long-term trauma is that fight or flight or freeze response can stay on mm. or not be able to turn off so easily or be very easily triggered. So that is a shift in your brain chemistry like yeah your baseline is higher than another person for that arousal level I guess. Mm. Um and you know neuroplasticity is all about yeah neural pathways in the brain and shifting them. So if Um, And that's all about, uh, for people who experience anxiety and depression, a lot of those talk therapies are trying to shift your neural pathways. Yes. To make new connections. And it's really powerfully exciting. Like the brain is malleable. But you cannot change your uh, muscles.
1: (laughs) No. In this article, it's talking about, you know, neuroimaging research suggests that DID um, is associated with a number of um, with changes in a number of brain regions, like attention, memory, emotions, blah, 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 all those type of things. But it's in the fucking head. It's not, there's, there's just no evidence to suggest that it can
0: change your body. And it can't change your ability for your retinas to function. No, no. And they can't doesn't function fucking at other sense. times. Like that that might be a condition, but that's not a DID no, symptomology. <laughs> and I just think a, a movie
1: that actually kind of comes from a foundation of uh, like, she's a psychologist and, like, she has some, uh, what's the word? She has credibility. Yeah. Like, even to the audience, she has some kind of credibility and to posit that, oh, you know, people with DID can change the way their body works, that's a very easily consumable message for the audience to hear and to, like, take on board. Mm. And yeah, it's easy to believe that, the way it's presented in the movie, and then to just take that further leap and turn him into a literal beast, I just can't,
0: <laughs> I just can't, I just don't fucking get it well i get that m Knight just wants to make us all shocked but Which, it yeah. is quite harmful to it, change that narrative and I, I don't know if we're up to stereotypes with this movie yet but like let's just dive right in yeah that trope that someone with a mental illness that's quite rare is like other than human like he becomes yeah. this other than human beast like and he- has these superpowers like no did isn't a superpower It's like that same trope that keeps going over and over again. Yeah. It's just really damaging.
1: Well, and I think that's another fucking thing that gives the movie credibility is that we we see the reason why he he has DID. We see flashbacks from his childhood trauma. I guess, like, we've been privileged with Sybil because that's all about childhood trauma. Um, But most movies that use the DID trope don't... um, Explore why, like, in Fight Club. Spoiler, Tyler Durden, or fucking whatever, like, there's no where, I don't know where his trauma comes from. He was just, he just lost a lot of, he just couldn't sleep. <laughs> he was bored and couldn't sleep. And he was an incel. And he was an incel, yeah. <laughs> uh, On to, also, Anya Taylor-Joy. I f- mm. I'm sorry, I'm not referring, I'm so sorry, I'm not referring to my character's I don't names. remember her name anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, the message of the movie is very confusing as well because it's it's kind of saying that, like, in the movie, Hedwig, the little boy, like, gravitates towards her, um, and she seems to know how to, like, deal with him in this, like, life-or-death situation, but it's implying that because she has trauma and she has her own issues, that's the only reason why she is able to thrive, or well, not thrive, but, like, survive in this um, situation. So it's is it implying that people with shared trauma can be friends? They're the only people that can understand
0: each other? I just... Uh... It's a bit gross, especially given that, you know, he's this beast that's been created through trauma yeah and he will spare her because she suffered and he likes that so it's supposed to be like oh thank goodness that she self-harmed and she had trauma because she lived what a twist and it's like and you know like you're saying that she's not that not a normal girl she's different Mm. and that can be quite like i think it's a really harmful potentially harmful representation of self-harm too like oh it's actually oh yeah there are some benefits to self-harming if if a beast is gonna get you if the beast is
1: gonna if, if you're in a room with the beast let me tell you the beast loves you you know <laughs>
0: you've gotta suffer as hard as you can i don't
1: know so stereotypes um there's there's no doubt anywhere that dennis or kevin from like the, the very first moment we see him he's a violent person
0: like like he just like he pops in the car. He like kills the dad, and you introduced goes.
1: to him as someone who has DID, who is a violent person, and mm. it's like it couldn't be any clearer that we are supposed to associate this person, whose whole pur- like, whose whole purpose of the movie is to have this thing, is violent. So it's just a negative stereo like portrayal straight up. Yeah. Um, and it also seems to be a trope that um DID villains always have like one murderous personality. So in terms of stereotypes and uh, accuracy.
0: Inaccurate. Inaccurate like so and if you bad, have D- and a bad stereotype.
1: Straight up. If you've got DID, you have a murderer living inside your head. It's just uh... Which
0: which comes into the next movie we do, but we'll Oh here we that. go. Oh wait. <laughs> I think the, the this
1: this movie and most DID movies is just represents DID as an inherently violent disorder. And mm. from what we talked about with Sybil, especially if we uh, like, to believe that it it might not be as cut and dry as the brain fragmenting and kind of enacting social roles and a cluster of other things kind of going on. Like, it just wouldn't make any sense for it to be an inherently violent thing because it's a response to violence and, well, it's a response Mm -hmm. to trauma, which is often violent. So it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I just don't know why we love this so much.
0: Yeah, I agree. I have nothing else to say.
1: (laughs) I also have made a note here that... Split, I think it shows an accurate depiction of treatment of the disorder um, in the way mm. that he, she's, he's in contact with a therapist. And I've also noted Shutter Island as another example where, well, treatment for the time was pretty accurate yeah um i don't think he's has a i think he's going through like a psychotic delusion is that a thing who is in shutter island
0: oh i have to re-watch that movie it's been a while i've but, seen it like yeah, three th-
1: times this year i don't know why
0: yeah i don't think he has DID though from memory but yeah, yeah you're probably right um but it just turns into this fantastical thing but i do
1: i don't mind shutter Island. it's all right um i also read that every one of um kevin's altus has a different accent which isn't accurate like, literally, they all speak in a different
0: voice. That's what happens um, in Sybil, too, hey. But she only has, that like, one French girl. Yeah, just one. And like they all have different clothes on. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For them to get changed into all those clothes every single time, like they must, he must it's just have just... like a traveling
1: wardrobe
0: with him. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: well, and cross-gendered as well. Like he's got a female personality. Oh,
0: yeah. I think that happens. Yeah, that is a thing that happens. But um. But the thing,
1: the fact that he has personalities with different voices from different like places in the world, just seems.
0: I feel that that's probably not very common
1: or. Accurate. No in the movie as well it's depicted that kevin or oh, barra james mcavoy has conversations <laughs> um like he's hallucinating his alters in his brain and talking apparently that's yeah. very uncommon as well you don't hallucinate yourself to, i guess for visual effect that's why we see that but it's just um
0: <sighs> yeah i don't think that's accurate at all
1: yeah and also let me talk about the fucking therapist Oh, I've already said it, but just, like, this this depiction of therapists having ex- no boundaries with their patients whatsoever. like Oh, my God, yeah. And showing off at his house, which is the zoo. If you believe a patient is in danger, then, like... Call the police? Call the police, take them to the hospital. Also,
0: you should have emergency an emergency contact. I get really sick of movies where... This person with quite severe mental illness doesn't have anyone else in their life but their therapist. Like, What did they do before they had the therapist? Can we not depict that anymore, please? Yeah, yeah. They're not subhuman. Um, like, you know, they can often be quite socially isolated, but he would know one other person. And fucking the therapist also says that, oh,
1: my patients are my family and I chose not to have kids because, like, that is absolutely fucked.
0: I feel like, like that's straight out of Sybil's therapist's words, though, like – yeah. I feel like that might have been like a little nod because remember Sybil's therapist didn't have kids. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. She's, she's
1: of similar age and situation, mm. I guess. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of really all I've got on Split. I don't know if it really warrants much more time.
0: So what's the next movie? I'm going to take movie? you back to 1996. Oh, my God, I was two. And you might recall the film when you were two, Maz called Primal Fear. So it was a movie directed by your favourite people, Gregory Hobbit. Who's that? I don't know. And um, it was based on a novel by William Deal from 1993. Love that. And if you've heard of Primal Fear, you will recall that it was Eddie Nono's first film.
1: Who's Eddie Nono? Edward oh, Norton. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Edward Norton really...
0: Um, Our beautiful Edward he's Norton, re- who I love. He's in
1: two DID movies and good for him what's the second one Fight Club oh <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah have I heard of it no and it's got an all-star cast it mask. really does Laura, Laura Linney Laura oh my Linny. fucking
1: god as soon as she came on I was like nah I'm off I'm off Frances
0: McDormand know. yes is a queen they both are queens yeah. yeah also the dad from Frasier is in yeah. it <laughs> And Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. is in it? Yes. And he yes. looks physically smaller. Like He He, does. he looks he's tiny. different. He's very slim. But, yeah, um, it's, it's amazing. He has, a,
1: he has a bit more of a list. Yeah, it's a list, yeah. completely
0: different character. It's a shame he hasn't been in more things that are popular because he's a good actor. He is
1: a good actor. He's a good actor. I think the acting in this movie is actually quite good. It was,
0: yeah. And, I, of course, Richard Gere is the, the main Gere. character.
1: I don't like how smug – Richard Gere is. I've well, never been until, a fan of Richard Gere. Well, we I watched Shall We Dance uh, recently. Um, oh, I
0: hate him in that movie. He's such a weiner. Like, and then
1: um, Jennifer Lopez is, is like cartoonishly sad. She's just like, Oh, yeah. She's all like, mm, that's not a good film. Mm, yeah, Phil put it on. It wasn't my choice.
0: Um, I should mention Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play um Edward Norton's character, but he turned it down. So I'll take you through the plot. I'll take you through the plot, <sighs> please. So it's- Chicago, 1996. Uh, Richard Gere plays a hotshot criminal defense attorney, Martin Vale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he has connections with all the thugs who he represents in court.
1: Yeah, he's like a cool lawyer.
0: He's a like cool it. lawyer. It's not a regular he's not lawyer. not like the other lawyers. He doesn't care if they're guilty or innocent. His job is not to to be convinced. He just wants to win. He Which just is, wants,
1: okay, can I just say that's fucking bullshit as well because towards the end of the movie he's like, did you do it? I need to know. And he's like, I don't, like well, I don't. But
0: that's the point of the movie, Mas. He changes, he learns from this experience. He becomes a different lawyer.
1: Whatever, go on.
0: Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Mm. So Laura Linney plays prosecutor Janet Venable. She's a firecracker when she's told yeah, she not is. to smoke she says it's a bar for christ's sakes oh, <laughs> she's her. just the iconic like brassy women who's yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. take no for an answer she's you can't tell get me what, what she to do. wants
1: i'm gonna fuck whoever i want exactly richard gear go fuck yourself and she's until just got, i decide i'm in love with you so
0: sorry spoiler she's love. just got so many good lines that you can tell it was written by a (laughs) man
1: oh yeah it's so like force like like this is what
0: I wanted a woman you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like they watched all those 1930s 1940s movies yeah she's like so it was a one night stand Martin it just lasted six months (laughs) been a while since you rubbed against a woman with a brain
1: Has anyone ever in like... Such a 90s movie. Everyday speech. No one's uttered those words. <laughs> no one been a while since you rubbed against a woman with a brain. Imagine if I just like went out and started talking like that. I'd be <laughs> cancelled. Go on.
0: I don't know. Maybe Chicago in the 90s. Maybe that's no, like, what people say all
1: the yeah, time. Yeah,
0: true. <laughs> anyway, so what happens in the movie? A bishop gets murdered quite brutally. They have 78 stab wounds to the eyes and genitals. So Edward Norton... Pretty much runs away with blood on his hands all over him. So mm. they catch him, and he's a nineteen-year-old altar boy, uh, Aaron Stampler. I
1: realised nineteen-year-olds
0: could be altar
1: boys. I thought they were all like young. He seems a bit old for an altar boy. Yeah, but like grow I don't
0: know. up. I don't know the Catholic Church that well. No. Um, so Martin's willing to take his case pro bono. He has a very thick Southern accent, very quietly spoken, and awkward. He stutters. He's a cute little boy. He tells Martin Vale that he gets blackouts sometimes when he can't remember where he was, which happened during the murder. And the sort of backstory is that the Archbishop took him in from the street and made him an altar boy and they they were very close. Francis McDormand, Franny, (laughs) comes in to analyse him, finds out about the blackout since he was 12, finds out that his mum's dead, his dad was abusive, and he had a girlfriend called Linda who is missing or has left him. Captain Holt finds out that the Catholic Church was doing some property investing, but lost a lot of money that Fraser's dad <laughs> <laughs> invested in, and and Fraser's dad plays the DA. So Fraser's dad is like John. If you've seen Fraser,
1: if you, you know have dad.
0: Google Fraser's dad. It's that actor, Mr. Crane. Uh, Mr. Crane. Martin. Mr. Crane. Vale is trying to argue that another person was there, that it wasn't um, Edward Norton. Edward Norton by himself. They also discover that the Archbishop was sexually abusing Aaron, Linda, his girlfriend, and another friend. Mm-hmm. They have a tape because, of course, he records uh, this uh, all on a tape. so
1: confusing because he, like, how did he, he just go? He, just, he grabs a tape and it just happens to be. It like, happens
0: to be the right one.
1: Yeah. Oh, right.
0: Maybe he just has a really good labelling system, like this is when I abused Aaron. <laughs> um, so then during a therapy session, Roy comes out um right. so they franny and <laughs> and Vail meet roy two different times and he becomes violent towards Vale. so they just immediately accept that he has as franny says multiple personality disorder and dr francis mcdormand says that he has all the signs and this is these are the signs she mentions an abusive background background correct blackouts correct ellipses in thought probably correct Ambidextrous. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not a criteria. I'm not going to look that up because you know I'm who else is ambidextrous? Incorrect. The
1: um the main su- the, the Zodiac killer. Oh no. Well, that the main suspect. Well, one of the suspects was ambidextrous. That's it. So it could have been the
0: Zodiac killer. He could have been. And she uses. She says, "This is a very sick boy. He's insane." Um. <laughs> But according to in the movie, they can't change his plea to the insanity plea. But apparently, that's not true in the legal system. Like you can, like halfway through a trial, you can change your plea. Or, um, but in the movie, they're like, no, oh, we can't change it.
1: But even if, so if they came across this evidence in the middle of a trial, I would assume you could be like, oh my god, we've just come across this new evidence, and even yeah. if they can't go along with the trial, they'd like call a mistrial and start again. Like that's just not how it works.
0: Exactly. Like I don't think the the legal. You can dress up real, real fancy, like lawyers, all you want, but the legal story in this movie is not accurate. Oh, at all.
1: There there's so many points in the in like the movie. I can't. I didn't take notes of. Or I didn't take notes at all. But like, I didn't take note of the in, inaccuracies in the legal representation because I just. I think uh, it's just. It's just not. It's just all wrong. It's just all wrong.
0: Um, yeah, it's all for the drama. A mm-hmm. lot of '90s, you know, legal movies are probably all wrong too. So. Uh, they are going to use the tape um, somehow. Um, They tip off Laura Linney to the abuse.
1: So there's the tape of the sexual abuse going on and they want to use that as evidence that Edward Norton didn't do it and someone else did it. Yeah. But Laura Linney stumbles upon it. She gets tipped off about the tape. They they basically give give it to her. They give the tape to Laura Linney so, so she can introduce it, but she can't introduce it because... It makes the priest look bad.
0: Long story short, they put Aaron on the stand and Richard Gere, like, hopes that Roy's going to come out and he sort of plans it. So They're trying to – he's trying to
1: convince the jury that he's got DID, right? Yeah,
0: so that they
1: don't prosecute
0: him. Yeah, but no one
1: believes that that's true.
0: No. No. Well, and they, they won't let him change their plea to insanity.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So – Richard Gere is trying to persuade the jury that he's got DID and that's why he is not responsible for the murder. Exactly. So they put him on the stand. They put
0: him on the stand and then he sort of makes it very certain that Roy's going to come out. And then, of course, Aaron turns into Roy and attacks... Laura Linney. Laura Linney. As a result, it becomes a bench trial. So I think that's like the equivalent of a mistrial, I guess. And an absent plea of insanity. And I don't know what an absent plea is, but anyway. I don't
1: think, I think there would just be a mistrust and it's all over again. I don't think that's how it fucking works. Like, how, nah. do you, how do you, absent plea, is that like a plea on behalf of the person? I don't know. I, I think don't so. think that's, who gets to make that call anyway? I think
0: they just wanted to tie everything very up.
1: Oh, and, and they did. And
0: for whatever reason, I don't understand why, Laurelini loses her job.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she keeps talking about that. She's like, I've lost my job, but like
0: no one. But like Martin Vale made that happen. But he uh, he tries to woo her anyway and is all handsy. And they have, like, a longing look together, even though he's just, mm. like, fucked her over. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, iconic scene, Vale goes to meet with Aaron and then Aaron says, tell Mrs Venable I'm sorry and I hope her neck is okay. And that was Laura Linney's character. And Vale is like, what? Because he thought that when Roy comes out, uh, Aaron doesn't remember what happened. But obviously Mm -hmm. he does. And, of course, Roy slash Aaron starts clapping. (laughs) Um, And he admits he did it. He had also killed Linda as well. And Martin's like, so there was never a Roy? And he's like, there was never an Aaron. And he's like, whoa. He's like, we're dancing, Marty. Um, But I guess, you know, Vale is just rattled. And he just leaves the courtroom. He chooses obviously not to say anything because he's a piece of shit. But he learned something. He does care if they're guilty or innocent. I
1: like that. Um, it just ends like shit. Like it ends like, oh, this sucks, oh, and fuck. that's it. Yeah, like there's no like light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, okay, so Edward Norton, he's actually a, a psychopath who murdered this guy, and um, he's not going to go to prison, and that sucks. I yeah, like that. and
0: that's and it's on Richard Gere. Yeah. Girl. So I guess it was a teachable moment for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, look, it's a complicated entry because it's really not someone with DID, but it's one of the, you know, early movies about DID when it was called multiple personality that's mm. used in a court case. So it's, you know, a very iconic movie for that. Mm. Um, but it's kind of dangerous and I've read... <laughs> look, I, I, I didn't mind the movie. Like, I didn't mind it.
1: Look, it's it's not a bad movie, it's, and I knew it's a, it was a fun watch. I knew what was hap- like what was coming, because I think I'd seen that bit where he um, uh, reveals that he is um, the clap bit, clap clap slow clap. He reveals that he doesn't have DID. Um, I've seen that bit, so it wasn't um, a surprise. It wasn't a huge reveal, yeah, yeah. But if I was watching that, it would be entertaining if I didn't know. Yeah, it.
0: yeah, that's true. But it's
1: another it's another plot twist
0: reveal, D.I.D. Yeah, using D.I.T. and then twisting it for yeah. entertainment value, essentially. I was reading this one article that I thought was sort of summarised it well. So I guess the the really bad message in this movie is that people with D.I.D. could be making it yes, up. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: And a huge stereotype, you know, we're or it's already controversial, and then a movie like this is like, well, you know, if you can play it that well yeah it could happen um but it's actually not that accurate a depiction because often there's more than just one personality yeah
1: yeah edward norton loves playing um did characters with only two personalities as well yeah
0: same with fight he loves it bloody loves um, it so yeah this this article says well just ge- just generally referring to this movie By associating mental illness with extreme sensationalised examples, just like this movie, it Mm. becomes demonised and makes viewers conflicted about empathising with those characters. Anyone can be bad in almost any circumstances, but movies that point to mental illness as grounds for distrust and apathy send a dangerous message. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I agree with that. Well,
1: because he is representing... You couldn't trust him. Yeah, you're
0: representing DID,
1: but you're also representing mental illness as a whole. As a whole, So it's like people with... I think that's the most common thread of my experience with um, mental illness, is that you're just making it up. Yeah, it's all in your head. Like, yes, it is, but it's still real. Yeah, it's still agonising, and it's, like, it's frustrating. That's I think maybe that's where we get these ideas from, of just being like, oh, you're, you're just making it up for attention or to get out of something, which sucks.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what it's saying in this movie. Like, he's mm. just making up this mental illness to get out of going to jail. Also, insane article it says frustratingly primal fear roots itself in the real effects of trauma as we learn aaron is the victim of sexual abuse which the prosecution claims is the motive for murdering the man responsible but instead of examining the coping mechanisms survivors undertake to work through assault Mm. the film reveals aaron to have been lying about his dissociative disorder so what about you know the whole view is empathy sympathy understanding is gone because his big reveal shows that you know it's all, it all means nothing. Because
1: that's one thing that you kind of, like, I hadn't really thought about. It's like, because regardless of if he doesn't have DID or not, he was still abused.
0: Yeah, he was still abused. But
1: we kind of forget about that because it's like, yeah. Edward Norton is evil. He... And it's
0: like, he's now become someone who, yeah, you know, all these horrible things did happen to, and we yeah. could empathise with that too. Oh, he's just a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very manipulative monster. His,
1: yeah. I guess it's... It's a frustrating movie in the way that, like, you watch the ending and the reveal is in, like, the last fucking minute or whatever and
0: mm-hmm. there's no
1: more explanation. It's just like, no, nah, I made him up. Ah, Like, I want to know more about you, you know? Where'd you come yeah. from? What's your, And also, like... why did you murder these people? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he, he murdered the priest because he was abusing him. Yeah. And the girl... But why did
0: he murder, murder Linda? I think because... Just wanted
1: because... to cut loose. No, I think because he was, she was, like, a... Uh, a sexual deviant. or no, a slut or something.
0: Maybe he, I think she
1: like fucked another guy.
0: But it's like, he still probably needs lots of therapy.
1: Oh no, he doesn't. (laughs)
0: That's, that's (laughs) a really good reason, Steph. (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) it?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. It sure should probably be explored that why he came to the conclusion that murdering them was the best idea. But you know mm. he's insane, according to Francis McDormand.
0: And that's the thing. It's like, oh, he's insane. We just write him off.
1: Yeah. Also, right. do you still use the term? Like, is it's still a legal term to call someone insane? I
0: think insanity plea is. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Because some of our like, lawyer
1: friends. Like, okay,
0: in psychology,
1: you're a psychologist. Mm-hmm. But
0: I'm right. not a forensic psychologist. But like. What What's insane mean? What's insanity mean? I honestly think insanity is really just a legal term, like when you're playing oh, right. insanity. I don't think we ever use insanity in a, in, a, in a medical sense.
1: So is insanity also like just like mentally ill? I, well, that's what it's
0: used for, but we, we should really use that term. It's not a very good term.
1: Well no, I'm you just what I'm saying. Term. Yeah, like I'm just psychologists don't use that term anymore. It's just weird that it's it just seems like it's like saying the R word. It's not, but like it you know. It like, should be. Yeah. Well yeah, it's like why it just seems like an extremely
0: outdated term and like just a bit shit. Some other just like harmful depictions slash stereotypes is like obviously Aaron is more a psychopath than he is, someone with DID. Mm. And I think we're seeing, you know, in the movie it's like, wow, he's got D I D. This is like a really fascinating, rare, wow kind of condition. Mm. Um, but then when we realise, no, he was just making up and he's just a murderer and a psychopath, it's like a step down. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's not as bad. It's not as I mean? serious. Yeah. Like it would be worse if you had DID than if you had the, if you were a psychopath. Like it just
1: stigmatizes it even more. Too. Yeah, it's like harder for them to accept that he has like DID. Yeah, because that's worse.
0: Yeah, or like more rare and unlikely.
1: But also, okay how how are you how are you supposed to maintain that ruse that whole time? It's bullshit. It's not possible. It would be
0: very very hard. But I mean, yeah. people who do have oh my god, what's it called, man? Uh, antisocial personality. As that's well. it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> people who do have social en- and. <laughs> <laughs> People who do have antisocial personality disorder basically to function in society, and if you know they want to do the right thing, they have to sort of play a role a lot of the time. Yeah. So, I don't think that part is too inaccurate that you can do that. I think civil is that being fake is more out of this world than just playing two roles,
1: yeah. Oh, being able, well, being able, like, okay, it's like if you were to just make up like, t- like civil. Make up 16 personalities, you'd have to keep track. It'd be pretty hard. It'd be so hard. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't even, you know, I can't. I don't know what day the, the weekend is tomorrow. I do, but like.
0: But if you were to do that and able to do that, you still have some some level of mental illness. That's for sure.
1: Oh, yes. That's, that's I guess, that's the whole point of the previous episode. Like, there's not something going on. So, there's something going on. Yeah, there's something going on. Something going on.
0: But also, I guess, one last kind of trope again is that. It's someone with some sort of mental illness helping the main character to learn and change through getting to know him. It's like, Manic mental illness pixie dream Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not really about that person and what their journey is. It's about the able-bodied or the able-minded person. That's not really a word. Able-minded. Neurotypical neurotypical (laughs) person um, learning and changing through the character. Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah so you know it was a really i feel like it's a really harmful movie for mental illness in general the anyone who actually suffers from dids like pretty much makes a mockery of their experience
1: yeah it's just like nah they're
0: making it up hey <laughs> yeah it's probably them too um it probably wasn't good for the legal system in terms of like expecting because it was so popular like malingering maybe was more what's malingering i don't know malingering is when you're you're make you're pretending basically or lying yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. legally yeah but it was a really helpful movie for Edward Norton's career.
1: Oh, my God. And for that, I give it five out of five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, should we focus on our third movie? We're doing Identity to finish off. It was uh, released in 2003 by James Mangold. What else has he done? James, Jimmy Boy. Uh, Girl Interrupted. Oh, oh my was. goodness. Oh. <gasps> And Ugh. did Wolverine and Logan and Walk the Line? Oh, Walk the Line! We love Walk, Walk the, the line. line. I like. I love Walk the Line. So James Mangold likes a good mental health story.
1: Let's get down to it. Identity. What's the fuck's going on? I'd never seen this movie before. I remember Nick. I think Nick had a poster of it in his room. I think he
0: did. Yeah, I he really love I this movie. Really? Did he go out and buy it, or was he just like happened happened upon it? I don't know. Because... He probably got it from like Video Easy or something. Yeah. So um, I think it was another film that was on Fox. a lot. Another all-star cast as well. God, where do you start? So okay, so in
1: this movie, this uh, two things are basically going on simultaneously. Um, I think we're initially introduced to a man named Malcolm Rivers, um, and he's been convicted, of, convicted, convicted Convected. of back se- then, convicted of um, several murders, um, and he's sentenced to death. In an 11th hour defense, his defense team make a plea with the prosecutors that he's insane, another insane defense, um, and they all meet up so to decide if the verdict should be overturned. So he's basically saying, Oi, I've got this new thing um, for my client. He's insane. Don't kill him. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to that story, and simultaneously, um,
0: John Cusack. Oh, can I just say... Alfred Molina is like oh my a God. therapist.
1: Alfred Molina is Alfred a therapist. Molina. Yeah, stunning. In the other story, John Cusack is driving his bitchy client through the Nevada desert, and they get stuck in a storm. His client is this uh, kind of like washed up uh, actress, old actress, and he's her driver, and they're just mm-hmm. driving through Nevada and it's nighttime, and it's raining, and it's really bad. Um, so in a series of chain events, a bunch of people need to take refuge in a shitty motel, basically. That's where it all comes together. Um, the people, or the characters, are oh, a child, 13-year-old, 10 to, 10 to 13-year-old-ish boy. He's He looks younger than 13 to me, but yeah. I'm going to say 11. An 11-year-old okay. boy named Timmy, his stepfather George, who's um, the guy from Scrubs, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, He seems to have OCD, like he's repeating words over and over again, and it seems like it's going to be important later, but it isn't. He's just a bit odd. I
0: thought maybe he had autism because he's not very verbal. Yeah, Mm. yeah.
1: Um, But again, no, no no, elaboration on that. Yeah. Tibby's mum. He's just. She's just been hit by a car. John Cusack was driving the car mm. um, while the stepdad was changing a tire. A sex worker named Paris, who was a cause of the flat tire, I think she threw her shoe out the window earlier. We ah. see that in like a, a, a cutback shot or something. Like it all kind of interloops with each other and no. you figure out why they all end up in this place. Um, Amanda Pete. Amanda, Amanda Pete. Pete. Amanda, Amanda Pete. Pete. I love Amanda Pete. Um, George and Ginny, whose marriage is a lie, um, turns out that, I think they got married because she was pregnant and turns out she's not pregnant. Claire Duval. Claire Duval. Claire lesbian. Duval. She's just a big, she's always a lesbian and I love that for her. She's so
0: good. She's straight in this
1: movie. But maybe she's yeah. not and that's why she needs to get out of the marriage. Oh my god, that's, oh my god, that's, uh, okay. um it comes down full circle. And then, oh, can't forget fucking, uh, Ray the Otter Rhodes. Oh. Um, he's... Escorting a prisoner, Robert, to a new institution, and then there's the hotel manager, Larry, um, who's obsessed with hating Paris because she's a sex worker. So as she walks in, and he's like, "You're a sex worker." He doesn't use those terms. He calls it something else. Um, but I'm just not quite sure. How can you just like identify people like, "Oh, you're a sex worker"? I, I mean, don't get it.
0: lots of people do that and stereotype people and have terrible say terrible things but like he really made it his business to be like you're a sex worker i don't want anything to do with you it's
1: his identity like his personality is hating sex workers and
0: yeah anyway
1: so they all come together at this motel, and none of them can leave because the roads are all washed out and everything is closed. Um, and one by one, they all start to get murdered. I'm not gonna like go into how each get murdered because I- I've kind of forgotten. Um, Sometimes
0: it's very confusing as to like why they die. Anyway.
1: Yeah. And after they're murdered, the killer leaves uh, a room key next to their body, counting down from eleven. So. It goes like 11, 10, 9, 8, blah, 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 blah. So you are to assume that, because there's 11 people there, um, one of the 11 is the murderer. And Ooh. as it slowly gets down to one, we'll figure out who the murderer is. So the people that are still alive, they all band together. Um, Ray Liotta, who is the cop, allegedly, and John Cusack, we find out, is an ex-cop. Um, they kind of take the lead and take charge. Um it's very, very similar to um, And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. And I think um, one of
0: them actually mentions that. Oh, really? Um, in the movie, like, it's like that movie when they're all in a, um, in a boat. It's not that, – that that
1: book does not take place on a boat, Steph. Um, but, yeah. what does Where does that book take it's place? It's on an island. Maybe I meant island. Um, I read that book when I was, like, 10 or something. It's a really, really good book. I really you, like it. You
0: really like it, Agatha, don't you? I
1: did. But now is I think it, about is – Isn't she a bit racist, though? Uh, probably well, I was ten, so maybe I didn't pick up on the nuance, but it is actually um there's a through line of the through line of the the novel is like there's a um engraving of a it's basically like a, a nursery rhyme and the nursery rhyme is like ten little n words um, <gasps> Have you heard this? Yeah, no? like I it's just like, knew that yeah, yeah, it's like ten little n n word boys or something and it's like kind of like a, a rhyme and it goes down each one of them dies and then it's like the the idea is that it's kind of like following on like the nursery rhyme so I know it was probably written in like the 20s or something but anyway she but that said that makes
0: sense because at the beginning of identity and the end there's that little poem um I saw a man that wasn't there he wasn't there again the next day I wish I wish that man would go away
1: yeah okay so, so- if it's basically, a, it's like a little modern, it's like a little a modern, modern twist, twist on and then there were none, which could have been mm. cool.
0: if There's been a lots of movies that have done that sort of
1: yeah, thing. Yeah, I really, I just really, really like, I don't know. I read that book when I was like 10 and maybe that I just had this lovely memory of reading it and I really enjoy it. Anyway, mm. um but whatever. So they all start to suspect that they have been brought together for some kind of reason and that they all have something in common with each other. And that's the, that happens. in then there were none as well. They're all brought to the Island by the specific person who wants to kill all of them. Um, mm. at the same time, back to that first story, because when I was watching, it, I was like, Oh, I forgot this is happening. Cause I just forgot about it. Um, oh, yeah. Malcolm, the murderer from the start, we find out he has dissociative identity disorder and he is harboring 11 11- <gasps> distinct personalities the defense argue that he's completely unaware of his crimes and is actually in the process of integrating his personalities back to the back to the motel they all find out they actually all have the same birthday love that and that they <laughs> uh, are all named after a state i forgot like paris is one oh, is right. another i don't know why timmy's named a- is timmy named after a state well they his uh, well, parents uh, maybe that's part of the twist anyway we'll get to that um Okay, so when when they all realize they all have something in common, they've got the same birthday and stuff, at this exact moment, Ed, who is Ed, John Cusack, he comes to and he's at the hearing where Malcolm is um, and Dr. Alfred Molina, Alfred Molina um, is trying to talk to him and he doesn't know why he's there. Um, Dr. Alfred Molina explains to Ed that he is actually one of Malcolm River's personalities that he created as a child, Um, to deal with the abuse that he was suffering. So what we've actually been watching unfold in the motel has really just been happening inside Malcolm's brain because he's integrating his personalities um, and they're all dying. They're all being murdered Mm. by Mm. the murderer. So Mm. Dr. Alfred Molita says, Ed, I need you to go back inside Malcolm's head and I need you to try and kill the personality that committed the murder, but we're not sure who it is. So you're going to go in. You're the detective. Go in and find him. Yeah. Once he gets back into Malcolm's head, we find out that Ray Liotta isn't actually a cop. He's an escaped convict who is impersonating a cop or whatever. And then some kind of fight ensues and he's killed. Ray Liotta's killed. And John Cusack ends up being killed, leaving Paris to be the only person alive. I think John Cusack says,
0: I see you in an orange grove.
1: Yeah, go live your life because we assume Ray Liotta is... The murderer, because he's the escaped convict. So he's like, okay, cool. Gotcha, killed ya. Paris, you can live. I don't know if Paris and Malcolm... Does Ma- All the other personalities are dead, it's just Paris. Does that mean she still exists inside Malcolm's head? Well, she would have to. Anyway, so in the movie, Paris goes and lives in an orange grove. She's like living pe- in peace in Malcolm's head. And then somehow the court knows that the homicidal personality has been murdered and that only Paris exists along with Malcolm. So he's not executed. So I'm not sure how they.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid
1: way. What, like, how, how, like, what did Malcolm just come to and he was like, Oh my God, Ray, Ray odd is dead inside my head and Paris is still here. So it's good. And the, the yeah, whole. Guys, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me, Paris. It's just me? No, no, no. It's just me. No, no, no. It's just me, Paris. It's just me. And then um, the prosecution is like, oh, my God, f- that's fine. Like, fuck it. Like, you, you can go. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Paris settles down in Malcolm's mind, gives up the fast life. <laughs> that's what I <I've> said. <laughs> um, and tends to her orange grove. She's in her garden digging dirt when she uncovers a key with the number one on it. And she turns around and she finds Timmy, Timmy, the little boy who faked his own death, and then we reveal that Timmy um, orchestrated the whole thing, and Timmy is the homicidal killer. And then he kills Paris. We cut to in real life, Malcolm strangles uh, our Avalina, Um, <laughs> causing the van there into um, crash. That's And that's it. the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So stu-
0: like it wasn't inter- it was an entertaining movie I enjoyed watching very it very much a movie for entertainment value and it's- that's all <laughs> It's just like what the f-
1: <laughs> Yeah it was great um so many unanswered questions <laughs> so many things that
0: you Can go- I kick this off by saying <laughs> there's so many times the people in the movie like in the real life movie, Part of the movie Mm. use the words multiple personality syndrome, (laughs) which is not what it is. A syndrome is different from a disorder. Yes. Then they use dissociative identity disorder, Uh and then someone says axis four dissociative, which is just pure nonsense (laughs) because the DSM has four axes, okay, which is like you know categories for mental illnesses or like um things that affect your functioning okay so axis one is mental illnesses okay we did is on dissociative identity disorder and would have been multiple personality disorder because mm-hmm. they're called dissociative I- I- disorders yes two is personality disorders okay axis three is information about any medical conditions that might impact the mental disorder or its management and axis four so you know, a medical condition that could impact your mental disorder might be like if you have diabetes or um, okay, you know, IBS or something like that. Okay, um, yeah, it's,
1: it's impacting your function, your cognitive functioning. Yeah, but way.
0: it's a medical, a like yeah. more physiological yeah. condition. Yes. Axis four, your the psychosocial environmental factors that can affect the person. So you know, if you are in a very low socioeconomic area, or you uh-huh. don't have a job, or um, uh-huh. you've got. You know, not access to education or things like that. That's what access for is. So, an access so for dissociative. The term access for dissociative is just pure nonsense. Ludic- ludicrousness. <laughs> ludicrousness. Like, Ludicrousness. <laughs> And it wouldn't have taken much in two thousand and three to to realize how. Well, he could have
1: said axi- he could have said axis one dissociative, and I guess that. But that wouldn't have made any sense anyway. Yeah, I don't know why you would bring up the fact that it's an axis. It doesn't one. matter what axis, yeah, yeah. On,
0: <laughs> what axis it's on. What axis it's on? Wow, I think he. So, I think he thought it would sound like it's like really severe, but that's not how, like, what like axes stage are. four, like like yeah. cancer stage. But there is stages of dissociative disorders no, like that. No, so, there is not. You could have just said, you scored it really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: wowie. Okay, that's pretty cool.
0: So that's my first <laughs> inaccuracy.
1: So, so an axis to so mental illness and personality disorder are on two different axes. Yeah. True. And what makes them two on two different axes what I think because them? you can have both. Like you
0: okay. can have I think I think that's what it differentiates it from. Like you can have like borderline personality disorder and have social anxiety or depression So
1: would you say like like is a personality disorder like less of a more of an environmentally caused disorder?
0: Oh I think it's nature and nurture. Oh wow I think we know that. (laughs) Oh wow This is another debate for another time. Anyway yeah (laughs) we'll, we'll do another episode on that The other big inaccuracy is the idea like just it sounds like in the movie that he's the, ki- the killer in real life is on like a drug that reduces your personalities one by one oh, like, really? he says they're all and and the, the therapist that's what i thought i heard and the therapist says like he's integrating his personalities but he's not integrating his personalities he's killing the personality well yeah that's yeah. a different thing i feel like
1: there might be a different and but also like I thought, like, integration, well, based on what I've looked at with Sybil and stuff, is, like, a process that you kind of go through and you talk through. But this seems to just be happening, like, him just sitting down, like, just going on in his mind. It's like a, it's like he's, like, downloading a file. Yeah. Like, he has...
0: Yeah. They say he's got no knowledge of the murders that he's committed, and, like, the person... Um, the, the main personality, but I guess it turns out the main personality is the kid who does have knowledge of it. Um, it's very confusing. We're <laughs> analyzing something that they didn't put. Lots of into. I, I, I just love
1: the analogy that like to integrate someone you have to kill. <laughs> That's Personally. not what integration is. It's because just like, it's
0: making your the parts back yeah, into the it's, whole it's, person. So
1: if you fragment you want to make them whole again. But <laughs> if you just kill all the parts of yourself off, then there's, there's no one left.
0: There's exactly, there's just the, the murderous part, <laughs> clearly at the end of the day. And like I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Like this this he's on this medication that's doing this. There's no such thing. Oh really. Um, I
1: I missed that part. I guess I think because I didn't realise I hadn't seen this, I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't realise what Alfred Molina was saying was going to be important, so I don't think I paid attention to it.
0: <laughs> you were just, like, looking in this dreamy eyes the whole time. I
1: was just, like, I it, it did actually kind of, like, it shocked me. The end shocked me. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to happen, so. But, yeah, even yeah. if that
0: was therapy, where you kill all the personalities, that's not ethical therapy. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, like. Get rid of all your um, personalities
1: traits. but. This this movie is stupid, but like, so um, all the personalities Malcolm has inside of his head are like either problematic in some way or just like ma- like demonized. Like mm. Rayliott is a escaped convict, Paris is a sex worker, and there's nothing wrong with that. But everyone hates her because of it. Well, at least fucking Larry does, and she's treated yeah. it in such a way that like we're not not, not supposed to like her because of it. That,
0: yeah, there's no characters apart from maybe. Um... John Cusack in the movie that are like. likable. It's just John Cusack. The hotel worker obviously
1: is a fuckwit, which we hate. And he just hates <laughs> Paris for no reason.
0: <laughs> Even that story was like, I just turned up at this motel and then I decided <laughs> I would just run the motel and people just kept calling me. Like, could you make it a little bit more valuable? Just like, I, ju- I just found myself here and I just had to pretend like I owned
1: it. I'm sorry. What else was <laughs> I going to do? Um... <laughs> The dad the stepdad he seems to have some kind of something going on. I don't know you o- yeah well, he, well I, I, why are we introducing this character that he keeps he kept repeating himself like he was just oh like the
0: dad stri- I thought you were talking about Timmy before No the st-
1: the stepdad. yeah uh, yeah. why introduce a character like that if you're not going to explore it like it's just confusing
0: well, because it's not a character, it's a personality. Oh, true. Well yeah, so that char- <laughs> that personality
1: might have something wrong with him the um, Cla- is it Claire Duval? Yeah. She lies about being pregnant for some unknown reason. And her husband is very violent, obviously, because he tries to like beat her up. Yeah. Um, John Cusack is the only good one, and the little boy is like the literal killer. So, like <laughs> look, honestly, if if Malcolm's eleven personalities are like this, maybe
0: they maybe he should be in prison. Well, that's that's the whole thing. Like, like what we know about DID that we do know is that results from the personality fragmenting due to severe trauma Mm. as a way to protect the mind and to develop like a coping mechanism and, and compartmentalize your trauma. So you'd expect them to be aspects of a personality that are desirable or that know the person wants to hold on to not these horrible people um that aren't really valuable in any way Mm. and the fact that the kid is the one who's the murderer in the beginning i don't know it's like the opposite of like split where the beast is the bad boy yeah he's like the ultimate personality but like obviously the original, like he would have been eleven or whatever when he started splitting, so it makes sense that he's the main main personality. Yeah, but it doesn't really make sense that he would just randomly the, murder
1: people. Well, yeah, we don't and we don't know anything about the murders. We just know that he murdered people. Mm. Um, but because I think it it's this is again a bad trope, yeah. which we know. <laughs> but Tim, like the Timmy, was created when like when he was eleven mm. as an altar. I guess we assume.
0: I did I No, he's not at the altar, though, isn't he? They're, like, the main personality. But I
1: thought Timmy was the, the personality that killed everyone.
0: See, that this is where it gets confusing. Because... Is Malcolm
1: the, the main personality or is Timmy the main personality? Well,
0: I guess it should be Malcolm, but maybe... But Malcolm
1: doesn't, Malcolm exist, doesn't in the, exist in the motel.
0: Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? <laughs> it's just a stupid. <laughs> no, like, the whole motel, like, that's not how the mind works where you're in this, like fantasy situation does it not this is happening i don't think so <laughs> i'm sure it, there might be circumstances where it does but it's probably i'm joking i'm fucking joking and just the fact that you know the therapist like tells one of the person i could go find the killer and kill them <laughs> it's just a little bit but also yeah all, all
1: we learn about malcolm is that he was abused neglected and abandoned by his mother who was a sex worker he felt insecure He said, uh, I've written this note, he felt insecure, so he made a new personality, he was a killer. Also made more identities to protect himself from the killer. The doctor explains to the judge how a 12-year-old boy was abused, abandoned, and became a killer. Yeah, see, it's just, it's just... His file says that as a child he witnessed his mother having sex with different men.
0: Yeah, so that's the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The other inaccuracy is that the personalities don't know each other or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely supposed like, to know each don't other. don't know their personalities. Yeah. Like, usually they do. Some other things that are, like, bad stereotypes in the movie mm. is, like, the way the patient, who's Malcolm, is, like, overweight. He's got shifting uh, eyes. Yeah, he's very he's bald. stereotypically. He's, like, very creepy yeah. looking. Yeah. Like, you know, again, that trope of people with mental illness being... Yeah, not very pretty looking. Oh, so you don't want to fuck Malcolm? Not today. Oh, okay. And it's also a really anti-feminist movie. It's extremely. What do you got a second chair? Really
1: doesn't treat its women very well. Don't think it passes the
0: Bechdel test. Oh, actually, it might. Who? How? Who? I don't know. Can I do? Can I finish off this movie section with like a couple of others? Like I just re- do a little reading and like the most the earliest depictions of did please
1: give us a history lesson just a
0: really short one so Mm. um it really started with dr jekyll and mr hyde which was like a novel in 1886
1: yeah it was
0: (laughs) yeah girl get it
1: fuck yes slay queen
0: (laughs) um so you (laughs) probably you probably know it's like Dr. Jekyll is like a nice Victorian fella and Mr. Hyde is a horrible monster in the same body. Mm. Um, The author denied any reference to any real-life inspiration, but in the same year, multiple personalities were talked about by Frederick Myers in an article with like a a handful of case studies. Is he Myers-Briggs?
1: Oh, is he? Oh, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I don't think Myers-Briggs is that old, is it?
0: Nah, I don't think so. Then we, of course, have Lord of the Rings. Where Gollum oh, has two golem, different personalities. Of course,
1: Gollum, Gollum.
0: And then we've got, um, it was a film in 1957 called Lizzie, which is based on a novel by Shirley Jackson, my favourite.
1: Who's Shirley um, Jackson?
0: She's like a horror author. Like she did The Haunting of Hill House. Um Yeah, which is, yeah, it's made into that Netflix show recently. But she was yeah. like from the 50s. Um, And The Three Faces of Eve, which we talked yes. about in Civil. And yes, Joanne do. Woodward, played Dr. Wilbur. Wilbur and Sybil. And then you've got, you know, Psycho, yes. where he sort of becomes his mother, which is not DID. It's no. more <laughs> more psychosis. Um, yes. because he absorbs the personality of someone who died. So that's not D.I.D. Mm. Um and Yeah, then, an actual
1: person. Yeah. And then
0: I wrote in my notes twice secret window, fuck Johnny Depp. Secret window, fuck Johnny Depp. Why fuck Johnny Depp? He's just not great, is he, these days? I thought because I- he's got allegations of abuse of his wifey and stuff. Yeah, but, but I thought I thought the allegation started with
1: of her. I thought she was the abusive one. I just,
0: I guess I just don't like Johnny
1: Depp. Well, he tried to bring his fucking dog to Australia
0: without and Barnaby quarantine. said no, no, no. Yeah, and, and look,
1: that's the first time I've ever agreed with Barnaby Joyce. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but also, I love that. Like, I love that was like a big scandal and Barnaby Joyce got involved. Like, don't bring Everyone knows who
0: Barnaby jo- Joyce is now, sadly. <laughs> around the world
1: because of Johnny Depp's fucking dog. Like... <laughs>
0: But Secret Window is another movie where he's a murderer. I remember that one. It's he, he? He's writing a book. Yes. And then and it turns out what he's writing is, like, what he's doing, I think. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's a big trope as well, like, writing out what... The, okay.
0: Yeah. So, Maz, you asked a question earlier. Are there
1: many murderers in real life who have DID? Any, many documented cases?
0: Well, I did do a little bit of research. Um, there but, is a yeah. little... As, there's a few studies that aren't, like, super great for obvious reasons mm. because there's not a lot of a sample size.
1: Mm. Um, <laughs> of oh, sample size of two. But
0: in 2001, it was determined that individuals may commit criminal acts while in a dissociated state. Okay. And a study that tracked 21 reported DID cases found that 47% of men and 35% of women reported engaging in criminal activity, which included – 19% of men and 7% of women who committed homicide.
1: You know how often I engage in criminal activity? So, like, homicide specifically, I understand that. Like, mm. I do, like, when I say Ill- illegal activity, criminal activity, like, I do drugs, is that criminal yeah, activity? Yeah, it
0: doesn't specify, I just, obviously I didn't go too deep in the article, but, you know, it's, it's also self-reported criminal activity. Um, and also, like there were twenty-one DID cases, and seven percent of women in that thirty-five percent committed to homicide. So I'm guessing that's one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> it's not yeah, a great but, sample size. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't think you could say much from that study.
1: I feel like you can't. I can't even get a study published with twenty-one. Sam- like 21- You can. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Especially something with DID where it's so rare. Mm. Um, you know, it depends on what you're doing. Sometimes that's as much as you can get. Well,
1: as we know in research 101, the bigger the sample size, the better the results and.
0: That's right.
1: That's just no 21 is not enough.
0: Well, not when you're looking at a proportion and of people. And you're playing that... with people's lives. <laughs> well, you can say okay, there is some correlation 7%. That seems like a lot. But when there's actually it's actually more like 35% of 21, 70% of that, that's not very many. Um But also there's this other article that is a bit more, it's more of a um, meta-analysis of the research, Mm. but it says it's actually a myth that individuals with DID are the most likely patients in the mental health system to be violent. Mm. So when they actually looked at the DID studies, the violent behaviour observed tended to be towards themselves. So more likely there to be... Suicidal or self harm towards themselves. Yeah. If they actually looked at what that violent behavior was, it's more towards themselves. So yeah. it's not a lot of evidence, really.
1: But how many actual like murder murderers have been DID sufferers?
0: So obviously or Billy Milligan,
1: Billy Milligan,
0: Billy Billy Boy, the Migs. Because I I did a little bit of research um, of people that actually were did use the insanity defense, and apparently like looking at something like D.I.D., only one in four are actually successful in using the insanity defense mm. in the in the United States. Also, it's more accepted that regardless of which personality is the one that committed the crime, they should still be culpable of their actions anyway. So, like, even if they do have D.I.D., they're going to go to jail.
1: I've often thought about this because it's like, okay, so if the one of the personalities murders someone and you want to put someone on trial and you want to convict someone, like, who else are you going to convict? Like,
0: yeah, exactly. It's Clearly, They're the person who did it. But I think yeah. it also argues that, and I believe this, it's better to put someone who has DID in a mental oh, they, care facility than they in a not, jail.
1: They should not, yeah, they should not go to prison because prison's a whole other thing. Prison. Yeah, we need to rehabilitate people, not... Anyway, I've got five people who had claimed to have DID um, who murdered people. Yeah, I
0: might have read that exact article, but I thought I typed it in, but I must have. Go on.
1: Um, so a lady named Juanita Maxwell. Um, she was charged with beating a seventy-three-year-old woman to death. She insisted that she hadn't killed Kelly. Her brasher personality, Wanda Wanda Weston, two names, um, had. Um, Maxwell came off quiet and prim. Weston was chatty, bragged about smoking weed. Um, She didn't have any problem admitting to the witness stand that she had bludgeoned Kelly with a lamp. So she was committed to a mental ward.
0: I think I read that article and it was clear that, like, race has a part to play in it too, more likely. Oh, her
1: name's Juanita, yeah. So she, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And there was was a few um, black criminals who were convicted, more so Mm. than white criminals. Um,
1: There's another, Billy Joe Harris. He assaulted elderly and disabled women. A psychologist testified in court that he believed he had dissociative identity disorder, but with reservations. But then he was um, recorded in a phone call to his girlfriend bragging about putting on a good show in court. So um, probably doesn't have it if he did that. And
0: was he what?
1: I, I can't see a photo of them. Dwayne Wilson. His nephew explained that his uncle had stabbed him. His brother, his sister and his mother in their New Jersey home. Paris was the only survivor, the nephew. His lawyer argued that one of the defendants' three personalities, Kiko, had committed the murders, but the judge rejected his argument and sentenced him to 40 years, and then another guy named Thomas Husky, who was also known as the Zoo Man amongst sex workers, allegedly, because he worked in an elephant barn. Oh my <gasps> god. Is In-plus this fucking split? split? I love that. Maybe it's just a coincidence. <laughs>
0: Oh, I bet. What are the chances? Um,
1: He was charged with a string of murders. He confessed to killing four women and was accused of raping and robbing two more. His attorneys, however, insisted that their client had not confessed or done anything wrong. The perpetrator was Kyle, his alternate personality. The first jury to hear the case Mm. could not reach a consensus on the murder, and the prosecution gave up on those charges. Husky was convicted of the rapes he committed before the murder's and sentenced to 64 years in prison. The Knoxville mm. New Sentinel called his case one of the most expensive in the state's history. So mm. I don't, I, not many of them are convincing. They're, they're pretty outlieries.
0: Yeah. yeah, like there's a couple there that
1: it's like, mm. Um, I didn't finish the Billy Milligan one though. What was the consensus there? I
0: think it's too yeah. hard to tell. Like when I was watching it, I was like, mm, yeah, I it's too, because Dr. Yeah. Wilbur was She's treating involved. him too, like, how can you say, this yeah. is too messy. But also, like, watching the documentary, regardless of whether he had it or not, he, he definitely shouldn't have been free to roam. Like, he, he continued to create mm. chaos wherever he went. And, um, he, like, he raped and murdered people after he was released. Oh, so he
1: was found not guilty.
0: Yeah, he he got released. And then went
1: to a psychiatric hospital and escaped for four months. Yeah. And was released in 1991 and then died from cancer in 2014. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio wants to play Billy Milligan. Like, yeah. Leo... Maybe don't. We don't need well, that. Well, we don't I, need that movie. Do we
1: need a movie? Like, I just, I don't want any more movies about this shit. It's
0: not It's not shit.
1: It's I, not I shit. just can
0: imagine it'll be sensational beyond... Martin
1: Scorsese will direct it.
0: Maybe I will watch
1: it. Yeah. The psychiatrists have suggested Milligan has as many as 24 personalities, including mm. a Yugoslavian munitions expert and a three-year-old girl. Mm. I just love the, um, I don't know like maybe i'm I'm not right to be skeptical, but the 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 did trend of having aspects of your personality fragmented and part one couple of those personalities are just from just different countries randomly
0: just doesn't make mm. a lot of sense to me because I mean, if,
1: if you're fragmenting your personality like I don't have one part of me that's just like polish, you know I like, think
0: your mind can do pretty incredible things of yeah like your imagination is is a powerful thing so you know not having it myself um if that personality fragments into an area that you see yourself or you know you know how you imagine yourself as a different person
1: oh my god bitch i spent i spend most of my time just imagining myself as different people
0: so it's like
1: going even deeper into that so now yeah no you're right if i were if, if if theoretically my man was to fragment i'd have like a billion different stories like on the go ready to go it's like, possible
0: yeah okay um no I, I think it's it would be harder to fake it to be honest No, i,
1: I actually I, I understand that but
0: um being able to yeah know languages that you don't know that's something i don't 100 percent. but i i don't i think in the movie they're like no he wasn't speaking yugoslavian or whatever but it doesn't necessarily mean he was lying about it, it just means he obviously doesn't know you that language yugoslavian
1: I have this like dream. I have this one of my fantasies. (laughs) No, I have it like in one of my yeah. I want to like wake up one day and I just I can I know all languages.
0: That would be the best superpower. Yeah, or like
1: you know how sometimes like you need hear those stories of people like having a car accident and they wake up and they can play Mm -hmm. piano really well. I I want that to happen to me, and I just know all the languages.
0: No, I want to like never feel shame or embarrassment ever again or anxiety. That would be nice.
1: No, I think those things serve you well, not you. Yeah. (laughs) Not you specifically, but if I didn't have any, could you imagine the type of person I'd be? I'd be ridiculous.
0: (laughs) I might just say end end this off with this little quote from a Guardian article, I think it is, and I think this summarises it very well. Like, they talk about how harmful it is. Movies like Split are so Mm. damaging Um, for so many reasons we've already talked about. There's already so much stigma and scepticism and it just makes it worse. But let's be honest, though, this author says, promoting greater understanding of mental illness has never been the priority for the Mm. entertainment industry. Mm. Another explanation for the fascination with DID could simply be that actors love it yeah they could not ask for a better way to demonstrate their range wow and it works even back with jekyll and hyde whoever played them
1: <laughs> you don't know
0: it just says march i don't know who that is won an oscar three faces of eve joanne woodward won an oscar sally field won an emmy for sybil tony collette um for united states of Tara. oh <gasps>
1: talked about that which we
0: yeah i think it's actually supposed to be a pretty good yeah yeah yeah. So we'll do that one day i um, loved that show i loved it and like mr robot i didn't realize was did but oh yeah you yeah. but
1: that's um you've kind of find that out that's, Later the, on. that's the twist
0: but oh whoops <laughs> I,
1: but i don't i don't think i think it's actually dealt with in a the whole thing is convoluted. like the whole plot you only find out he has the idea at the very end and apparently mm. the way that it's represented is accurate from what I read. Okay, um, but it's not it's not the driver of the show, so I wouldn't mm. yeah it's actually I think it's not dealt with that problematically.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, if you want an Oscar, idea you guys? yeah,
1: yeah, well yeah. and I did say James McElvoy's acting was good and everyone's like mm. hey. and Edward Norton.
0: Exactly. Good put acting.
1: him on the map. Yeah. Wow. Wow. John wow.
0: Cusack, put him on the map. <laughs> Should we put a line under this episode, man?:
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna call we're gonna call it a day and we're not ever coming back to it.
0: Not for a while. Not yeah. for a long, long while. Not until but Fight it Club. Good. It was good to just finish the conversation about D I D in yeah. this very specific type of movie that's very popular. Yeah. And extremely <laughs> inaccurate. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Maz. That's all this right. was I haven't said this yet. This is our 20th episode. Oh! So it's an honour to celebrate it with you. With DID
1: as well. Yeah. You, me, and DID. That's the name of the episode. Ooh.
0: Thanks very much for joining me, Maz. I'll see you around the traps.
1: I'll see you next time, Steph. Can't wait.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>